Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy even in infertility. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 27. Today I'm chatting with Ashley Karsh from Lilia Grace. She's going to share about the losses that brought her to her knees, literally. Because of those losses, anxiety and panic attacks started to become Ashley's reality. I remember there was a specific moment when um, I was in the laundry room and my husband and I were bickering about something. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I started throwing socks at him and at the wall and I was just so angry. Um, I wanted him to feel that anger as well. I, I fell to the floor and my husband, even though angry and frustrated at these emotions that I was experiencing, um, he just said, Ashley, I don't know how to help you when you get like this. It's like, it's not even you. I don't know if you've ever experienced a panic attack like what she's talking about. Maybe yours are different. Maybe you weren't throwing socks against the wall, but I've had a few in my life that were very similar to hers. And it's the most helpless and honestly, the most embarrassing feeling because you know it's not you while it's happening, but you're absolutely helpless to stop it. For Ashley, it was her grief that turned into confusion and doubt and anger that led to those panic attacks. But maybe for you, it's just the helplessness of not being able to control what's going on with your infertility journey. Ashley didn't sit in that anger though. She didn't sit and allow that stuff to continue to happen. She learned ways to climb out of that pit through scripture and counseling. I'm so grateful Ashley sharing her story today for those of us who are facing this kind of helplessness so that we can see the way that a fellow sister found her way out. So let's get to my conversation with Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. So I'm so glad that you joined us today. Why don't you share with the listeners a little more about who you are and what you do, especially. I love this part of it. Um, well, I am a mom of three kiddos. Um, Oliver is, well, he will be four on Sunday. So um, we have a big birthday party coming up for him in just a couple of days. Um, Elliot is three and a half. And Nora is seven months. Um, I stay at home with them. Um, we live in Des Moines. And yeah, we are just, um, yeah, you can, for the most part, find me uh, building trains or going for walks when it's not, you know, below zero snowing. outside, when it's <laughs> right. not snowing. Um, and this year, uh, this is kind of a fun random fact, but this year is actually going to be our first year to having a garden. We're going to have a little vegetable garden and um, a little um, flower garden. And I love plants. That's like the only thing I really have in my house in form of decoration. Um, and so I'm excited to take um, that outside and just kind of get dirty with my kids and grow. And they love it. Yeah, my daughter begs and begs to do flowers, but I just kill mm. everything. And so <laughs> I know there's a lot of spiritual lessons to be learned, like yeah. in the garden we can teach, but it would just right. be death and destruction yep. mm -hmm. in my book. So yes, yes, we good were. Luck. Yep. I have never grown anything outside before. So this is an entirely different um, kind of different world for me. So I'm excited about that. We were digging up the ground a couple of days ago and um, we were, all the worms are starting to wake up from their winter slumber and um, it was fun to just watch my boys um, discover them really for the first time um, yeah. because they haven't, I mean, they've seen them, but they haven't wanted to touch them or, I don't know, you know, search for them or anything like that. So that was really fun. 
um, my oldest was like, mommy, can you pick that up for me? I don't really, I don't, I can't, I can't get it. I don't really want to touch it. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was like, um, you know what? No, I'm not going to pick that up for you. (laughs) I can show you. You're the man. You do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about my family. Um, in 2017, I launched um, a ministry and online shop called Lily of Grace, and it is specifically for women um, walking through early pregnancy loss. Um, and uh, it is primarily a ministry. Um, I, I I strive to, in everything that I do um, for Lily of Grace, I strive to um, equip and encourage and offer um, community. Um, I, I desire to, um, equip them, um, in, in how to walk forward as they are grieving the loss of their sweet little baby. Um, and I, I desire to encourage them in the gospel, um, because ultimately, um, I want to point them to Jesus. Um, he is the reason why, um, this ministry even exists. And so I just always want to point back to him. Um, and um, yeah, so that is Lilia Grace, and that is what I do in sort of in my free time, um, random random evenings when I can sneak away, or on a weekend when we don't have anything going on, um, when my husband can hang out with the kiddos. Um, but that is like my ministry right now. Um, it's what I love to do. So um, yeah, and along with that. Um, so along with like the ministry aspect of it there, um, I also have an online shop. Um, there's five products in there one day, um, hopefully Lord willing, there would be more. Um, but the kind of the, the center product, um, is a product called the grace cards. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, it is, it is a resource that has, um, it's filled with scripture. It walks you through, um, kind of, uh, seven, um, not necessarily like the different stages of grief. Um, but it kind of walks you through seven different steps to moving forward. Um, and it has scripture for each one of those steps and a sweet little note from me, um, explaining like why those verses are in there and just some encouragement and equipping in there. Um, so it's Mm -hmm. a really special product that I, um, yeah, just, I really love and I, I love, being able to send them out. (laughs) Um, And I love this. I love that you made it like so portable, the size of it. You can stick it in your Bible, stick it in your purse. Yes. Yeah. They're indexed right there. Mm -hmm. They're index sized. So, um, they, that was the purpose of them to be able to go anywhere with you. So, and you didn't just come up with that idea on just through a whim. You actually had Mm -hmm. your own experience. So tell us about your journey through loss. Yeah. In, um, 2013, um, my husband was in the Marine Corps and he was coming home from his last deployment. Um, he was in Afghanistan and we had kind of talked about after that last deployment, we would start trying, uh, for children. And, um, you know, we were in our, in our early twenties at that point, And, um, we just assumed that it would happen immediately because why wouldn't it? Um, you never, you know, you don't really hear of stories, um, otherwise. And, um, it took a few months for us to get pregnant with our first. Um, and we found out 
on New Year's Eve of 2013. Um, and we celebrated with some really close friends of ours and um, we were excited, um, told family right away. And in, nine weeks later, we went to our first appointment and um, discovered that there were no heartbeats. And yes, I said heartbeats because there were twins. Um, mm. I, I miscarried right around uh, seven, eight weeks. So they were about the size of the, of a blueberry, um, which I mean, going back to Lilia Grace, um, if you, if you look, um, in, in any of my pictures, you will see, um, hands cupping blueberries. Um, and that image, um, has just always stayed with me. Um, and, uh, just, yeah, blueberry is just like so significant for me, um, because oh, that's yeah. about the size that they were when, um, they, they passed away. And so, um, we, we found out that we miscarried and went through a series of different ultrasounds and blood tests, you know, the, the following two weeks to see if that was what was actually happening. Um, and, it um, ended up that that was the case. And so um, a couple weeks later, uh, we, we miscarried. Um, and that was, um, we naturally miscarried. I, and that, that was um, a very painful process. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody can ever really tell you. Right. No matter how much your doctor explains it or anything like that, um, nobody can ever really prepare you for what your body goes through. Did they say because there were twins that it would be more painful um, for you? Not necessarily. They were still pretty small. Um, so, I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't come out very big. Um, but I mean, essentially your body is going through labor, um, right. which I didn't realize at that time. Um, and I, I, I worked at um, a pregnancy crisis clinic at the time. And, um, oh, wow. so I was really close to the nurse practitioner that worked there. And I'm so grateful for her because the, we found out on a Friday that we were likely miscarrying. And, um, I remember talking to her on the phone, explaining to her what my doctor said. Um, and she did such a wonderful job at like preparing me, um, for, for what was to come um, because she had walked through miscarriage years before, um, like her, her living children. Um, and, um, just as a nurse, she was coming from a very practical standpoint, which is what I needed. Um, I just, I needed to know like what to do before I could even allow my emotions to, um, kind of set in. I just, my, my body yeah. needed to get through. There is a physical part yeah, yep. that you yep. have to get through. Um, and so that was really helpful. Um, so we walked through that first loss, um, and, uh, between February and October um, of that same year when we found out that we were pregnant again. Um, it, so six or seven months, um, it, it took that long to get pregnant again. But that in-between time um, was a really hard season for me. Um, it was a really hard season of grief. I was very confused. Um, I was very hurt. Um, by God. I felt hurt by God. I, 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 um, I just really questioned what was going on, why mm -hmm. he was doing this. Um, and I, 
I remember there was a specific moment when um, I was in the laundry room and my husband and I were bickering about something. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I started throwing socks at him and at the wall and I was just so angry. Um, I wanted him to feel that anger as well. I, I fell to the floor and my husband, even though angry and frustrated at these emotions that I was experiencing, um, he just said, Ashley, I don't know how to help you when you get like this. It's like, it's not even you. Um, it's like something is overcoming, overtaking you. Um, and I just don't. So this was happening a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I was, I had started really struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. Um, and just like crazy emotions, just all, all the time (laughs) at random times. Were you already Um, pregnant with your, okay. Nope. So So this this was, was, this was in between the two pregnancies. Yep. Um, and so it was at that point when I knew that I needed to seek help. Um, and, but I also knew that I needed, I needed the word. I was really having a hard time opening my Bible. I actually didn't even want to because I was really struggling with, if God is for me, if he is sovereign, why is this happening to me? Um, yeah. And I was really struggling with that question and it was causing me to kind of turn away. Um, and so I... Instead, because I knew that it was going to be scripture, filling my mind with scripture, filling my heart with scripture that was going to renew my mind and, and heal this brokenness um, and help me to walk forward, that I decided one day um, to create, like make, <clears throat> grab an index card, little booklet that you can get at Walmart, and I scrapbook something, like some of the paper together, and I wrote out gospel-centered verses um, that I needed. Um, And there was a handful of book quotes that I had that were really impactful for me that I added in there. And I took this literally everywhere with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I read it, you know, at light, you know, at stoplight sometimes. I I just, I took it everywhere. I took it to doctor's appointments and um, I took it everywhere with me. And um, it was through that um, that I was at least able to, to fill my mind with, with some scripture, um, with gospel truth that, um, I needed to hear, but I was not necessarily getting from an open Bible. Um, and then in combination with that, I started meeting with, um, a, a gal from the pregnancy crisis center, um, that I was working at. Um, she was a, a counselor and a mentor and counseled a lot of women that came in um, post-abortive. Um, but then like along along with that, um, women who came in who are pregnant and then miscarried um, because that grief is similar. And so she counseled both and we met for six months, um, each week for six months. And we went through a Bible study together that was specific um, to um, grief, um, in the area of, of miscarriage and abortion. Um, and it was really, really good. I felt like by the end of that six months, my heart was healing. And, um, through that, it was still a struggle. We were still trying to get pregnant. 
um, and there were different emotions and difficulties um, with trying to get pregnant after you have miscarried. Um, but in October, um, I had just had knee surgery. It was the first week of October. I had knee surgery on October 1st. And on October 5th, we found out that I was pregnant again. Um, oh, wow. And so that kind of um, sent sent me into a spiral of conflicting emotions and um, just struggling to even connect with with this pregnancy. And I, I don't really feel like I did. I kind of, it's weird, but for some reason, I kind of knew what was coming. Um, I didn't have very much hope that the outcome would be different. Um, and I remember during the short time that I was pregnant with that third baby, because we miscarried again, like 10 weeks later. Um, I, I remember writing in my journal, um, like, Lord, just help me to fight for hope. Help me to, to believe that you have this. Regardless of the outcome, I'm choosing to trust you. I'm choosing to trust that you are good and that you have the best for me. And um, I, I remember waking up the morning of, of our, you know, our first and only doctor's appointment um, and just like struggling in my heart to, to believe that it was going to be a different outcome. Um, and I remember like grabbing my uh, scripture cards and um, my husband went with me and we just sat in the waiting room and I flipped through these cards um, the entire time we were waiting for our doctor. And it was, we went in and, um, you know, the, the ending of the story is the same. And, you know, we found out that we, there was no heartbeat and we had miscarried again. Um, baby had, you know, passed away right around eight weeks. And then a couple of weeks after that was when my body physically miscarried. Um, and it, and that was on Thanksgiving morning. Um, and we were actually at family's house, at a family's house. And, um, so that was, yeah, that was just, it was hard, um, to, to experience that all over again. Um, and then three weeks later we moved across the country. So, um, It was, it was a lot of things happening at once. I was recovering from knee surgery. I had just miscarried. We were leaving all of our friends in our church and moving across the country um, to a place that, I mean, we didn't know anyone in Iowa, um, not where we were any, not where we were moving to. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, it kind of, it shifted from, um, confusion and like brokenness to of of what was going on um to more anger and bitterness um toward the lord for like why are you doing this to me again um and i was just angry um and so then you know after we got to iowa um i i i kind of went through the same pattern of like i know that i need I know that I need help. I know that I need somebody speaking into me, um, speaking life into me. And so I met, I started meeting with um, the the women's ministry director at the church that we had found. Um, and she became just such a sweet friend and source of comfort to me um, as we, we continue to walk through the unknown. Um, and then like um, after that, uh, 
similar to you, like we moved in, we had to find a new OB. Um, and it's always really, it's difficult to find a new doctor when you have a story, you know, you have a story of loss because, um, because yeah. <clears throat> I think you're just in there to, to yeah. start mm-hmm. the process or to set up and you're like, no, no, no I, I need you to sit down. Yes. <laughs> I yes. need you to listen before we start anything. Mm-hmm. And, and for the most part, you know, you, you have to wait for three losses before they will even talk to you. Um, and like try and figure out what was wrong. Um, and so this doctor, the sweet OB that I found the first appointment, um, he was already so concerned and just such a good listener. And, um, we, um, he suggested Clomid, um, since we had been trying for so long. Um, I mean, it was a year and a half, so it was not that long in comparison to how many women, like women who have to try for years. So please don't um, hear, like, please hear me when I say that. Like, it was a year and a half, and it was really hard um, for us. But I also know that there are women who walk that road a lot longer than us. Um, so mm-hmm. I want to be sensitive to that. Um, but we, um, he suggested Clomid, and um, we, we did it for, we took it for one month. Um, and per his recommendation, um, I would do Clomid and then, you know, once we got pregnant, depending on how long it took, I would start taking progesterone because um, that is a common reason for early pregnancy loss is um, lack of progesterone. And um, for my body, that worked with Oliver. Um, we got pregnant with him the first month we, we took Clomid and um, I started taking progesterone right away. Um, and yeah, and that's how our uh, you know, firstborn, um, is, that's kind of how he came to be. Um, so that, I mean, is, is my story of loss, um, kind of a fuller picture. So that was three miscarriages within what time you said a year and a half, but was it shorter than that of the actual losses? A year. So Mm -hmm. I had, yep. So two miscarriages within Mm -hmm. a year. Um, but our first, our first loss were twins. So, mm -hmm. yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I know you, I know you've written before that just during that season, like you said, you, the Bible was too much. Like it was, it was too overwhelming. It was too many words. Like you just needed those specific things that you can focus on. I think that's such good. It's just a good practical um, thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like if there's, if there's three scriptures that like really speak to you in your journey, write them down and keep them close. And on yes. the days when the Bible seems too overwhelming, then, then lean on those. It's still God's word. It's yes. still truth. It's still life. Yes. Yes. And I love, I love that you just said that, that, you know, if there's only three, write them down and keep them close. I love that idea of keeping them close, um, keep them where you can see them and, um, and you can, you know, your eyes like will gravitate toward them. And even when you don't want to fill your mind with truth, they're going to be there. Um, yeah. And and it gives it's like you a vitamin. An, it gives it's you just an, one verse. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to turn your focus, to shift your gaze on what your present circumstances um, to to the God who heals and restores and redeems and is with us. Um, and so it's yeah, for me, um, it it had become like a very uh, physical turning. Um, I like to talk about this a lot um, within Lilia Grace. Um, it's a very, it just like, I I had to visualize my, my mind, um, moving from dwelling on 
my present circumstances and all the things that I didn't have and what I was struggling with. And it was, I had to shift it to, to Jesus. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like you are better. You, you are better than all of this. You are good enough. You are worthy enough. Um, and, and I had to, I had to practice that. I still practice that. Um, of closing my eyes and it's just a physical shift in my in my brain yeah. if that makes sense um, no it does because when you said you said it a while ago you, you kept saying choose to trust I had to choose to trust yeah. and that was like that was my mantra mm-hmm. in those that first session really I was that first round of infertility and I did I, I felt like I had to it was a it was a choice that I would think there's two paths in front of me. I cannot trust him and go down this really dark path mm-hmm. or I can choose to trust him. Yeah. And I would, I would kind of just visualize me stepping onto that other path mm-hmm. and it was a choice. Mm-hmm. And so I totally get that. Yep. So you talk about how difficult pregnancy can be after miscarriage. And I, I have never had a, like, you know, a, I had a biochemical pregnancy, but I do feel like it was not quite as intense as what you guys have experienced Mm -hmm. with miscarriage. So talk about what, how did you, how did you process that as you became pregnant with, with, was Oliver, you said? Uh, Yes. Um, So walk through those, especially that beginning, like what first 10 weeks. I mean, I can't imagine what those 10 Mm -hmm. weeks are like in the beginning. Yeah. So, um, with, with Oliver, um, it, it was really hard, um, after I got pregnant with him because I got really, really sick. Um, and I, I got really sick with all three of, um, my kiddos, um, abnormally so. And so pregnancy was just really hard for me in general. It was really hard on my body. Um, and primarily, especially with Oliver, um, I, I remember I got the flu within, um, I don't know, the week that we found out that I was pregnant. I was six weeks. We had just moved and um, I, yeah, I had gotten the flu and um, I just remember feeling much more um, at peace about the, the everything. Um, I, I felt like my emotions were in a completely different place. Um, and I can almost, I can relate it to what you were saying, um, in your episode where you were kind of giving a little life update, um, when you had just spoken out on how your husband and how you and your husband had felt peace, um, over just like over where you and him were, you were done, Mm -hmm. um, trying to, um, you know, do temperatures and, um, pregnancy tests and just all of those things that you were doing, doing, doing to try. Um, when, when you stopped, you just sort of felt at peace. Um, and I I guess I can relate it to that and how, um, my, I had practiced the, the turning, um, my, my gaze enough to where I was able to do that. Um, not that there wasn't, um, you know, the, the enemy seeping in and trying to shift my gaze to doubt and questions and fear. Um, I, I'm sure that there definitely was some of that, but I was now focused more on shifting my gaze to Jesus. Um, and, and yeah, and so that I, I like I, I had an early ultrasound at six weeks, and so 
um, as soon as um, my, my doctor kept a pretty close eye on me, which is really helpful. It was really helpful. So, you know, as soon as we found out that we were pregnant at six weeks, which is about the earliest that you can do an ultrasound, we had an early ultrasound and there was a strong heartbeat and baby looked good. Um, and then, you know, again, at, at 12 weeks, um, it, which was kind of like the first hurdle to get over, um, you know, my doctor listened to the heartbeat again and everything looked good. Um, and so it was just a continue, you know, the further we got out from pregnancy, the easier it kind of got, um, to lean into it a little bit more to grow excited. Um, and, um, yeah. And so from that standpoint, as we got further in, into our pregnancy, it got a little bit easier, um, with the doubting and wondering, is this going to end in loss? Um, but because I was so sick, um, that was, that was kind of, um, a thing in and of itself, um, because pregnancy was just so hard for me. And I thought that it was normal. Um, I thought that it was what I was supposed to go through. And so I didn't ask for help until it was too late. Um, I wish that I had asked my doctor for help much sooner um, <clears throat> because it was, it was awful. <laughs> um, and it, it, I felt like it really robbed me of, of the joy that pregnancy is supposed to bring, um, you know, in combination with like your body already experiencing death in the most personal way. Um, so that robs you of the joy that so many women experience who haven't um, had loss. Um, and um, then in combination with how sick I was, um, it just kind of sucked all the, it was a fight. Um, and then you're fighting the emotion of you're miserable. Yeah. Your mind is miserable. Mm -hmm. You're complaining to your husband because you're so miserable mm -hmm. and you've got this guilt of like, this is what I wanted. Yes. Why can't I, mm -hmm. why can't I just enjoy this every, every time I run to the bathroom? Like I should be so grateful, yes. but you just, there is a, you're in just so much physical mm -hmm. turmoil mm -hmm. because of how sick you are. I, I totally get that. Yeah. We, Jay would always remind me like, remember this, what we wanted. I'm like, I know, but this is, it doesn't take away the hard. Yes. And I think that that, um, that's a really important thing for women to remember is that, um, I think that you can be grateful, um, and you can be joy filled, um, even when it's really hard. Um, mm -hmm. and so because like, even if pregnancy is really hard, um, don't take away from that. Um, don't diminish how hard it is because you should right. feel extra grateful. Um, because I don't think that the Lord would want us to, to walk in that either. Um, I think that we can, we can be joyful that we are pregnant and that we're experiencing life. And, um, but we can also acknowledge how hard it is and, um, yeah. And if, you know, needed to seek the help that is needed because, because of how difficult it is. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think pregnancy after loss in general is really hard. Um, with, with Oliver, it was, it, you know, it was those early weeks. And then, um, as, as my pregnancy progressed, we learned that he was, um, breech. And so I ended up having a C-section with him. Um, and, and that was really hard, uh, because it felt like, um, you know, that decision was taken away from me kind of at like each, at each new stage of becoming a mother. Um, it, 
it felt like different things were being taken from me. Um, you know, early on, it was the joy being taken um, of pregnancy. And then um, it was the decision of what kind of birth I wanted to have. And after he was born, he wasn't able to breastfeed. And so then it was that taken from me. At least like that's what I I perceived was happening, um, those things being taken. But um, I, I now looking back with perspective, I can see at each of those moments, it was the Lord refining me. And um, again, calling me back to the question, like, who is better? What is better? Um, because that's what ultimately, like, that's what I struggled with from the very beginning of all of this was, are you good enough? Um, and, and so at each turn, it was um, just, it was a refining moment for me. I didn't see it when I was in it. Um, it's sometimes it's hard to see the lessons that, um, the Lord is trying to teach you when you are in the hard, um, when you're in the valley, but looking back with some perspective, I can see that it was the Lord refining me in, in those idols that I had created in those expectations of what I thought it was to be a mom. Um, what, what I thought it, um, looked like to be pregnant. Um, he was just slowly peeling back the layers of those revealing that, um, that it's going to look different for each woman and that ultimately like he is better than all of that. Um, and with each pregnancy after that, um, it was, it was a gentle peeling back of, of those layers of, are you going to trust me? Um, are you going to look toward me in your fear? Um, because with Elliot, I'll be honest, <clears throat> I was six, Oliver was six months old when I got pregnant with Elliot. He was um, a complete surprise in that at six months, my husband and I were like, we could probably start trying again. It took so long with Oliver. Um, why not? It could take, you know, just as long. Um, and for Elliot, it happened right away. And um, he being pregnant with him was equally hard. Um, I was just as sick, but I don't really remember very much. <laughs> um, um, How could you? You had a six-month-old. <laughs> yes, I don't. I don't really. Yeah, I don't remember much. Um, but I do remember the Lord peeling back those layers on asking me, "Who are you going to trust? Um, and and who are you going to put your hope in?" Um, and um, with Elliot, I did take progesterone as soon as I found out that I was pregnant. Um, and um, then um, with Nora. Um, I, again, she was a little bit of a surprise, um, and I did not do anything with her. So I, with her, um, it was like the ultimate, for me personally, it was, it was the ultimate hands open surrender of Lord, I am going to completely trust you with this baby. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to do progesterone. Um, I did take an anti-nausea medicine, um, because I needed to. Um, and with that, it was a complete surrender because this medicine was unknown to what it was going to do for pregnant women, um, because the typical medicine was not working for me. And so I needed something stronger and, um, this medicine was, um, there just wasn't much research on, um, on how it would affect babies and pregnant women. And so, um, that was a complete moment of surrender for me um, to say, like, Lord, you have this, regardless of what the outcome is, 
my body is needing this. Um, it's losing all of the nourishment and I need to take care of my kiddos. And so, so yeah, so that has been, um, my, my experience with pregnancy after loss. And I think it's, I think there's a lesson there just for no matter what season you're in, when you're facing infertility and you're walking that road, you have to choose to trust God with that story. And then when you get pregnant, you have to choose every single day for nine months Mm -hmm. to choose, to choose that God has this baby in his hands. And so it's really, if you think about the road, whatever road you're on, it's practice for the next stage. Mm -hmm. You're preparing for the next stage. When you have your children, Mm -hmm. your child or your children, there's a whole nother level of trust every single day when they wake up that they're not going to, something's not going to happen to them or that they're going to turn out okay and not, you know, be terrible people in the world. Like there's a whole trust with that. And I'm sure, I mean, Emma's only four and a half, so I can't imagine having a teenager and what the trust that comes with that. Right. So we're just practicing. This whole thing is just practicing Mm -hmm. for the next time that we have to trust Mm -hmm. God and we're getting stronger and we're building that. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is just a practice ground, whatever season you're in, you're just keep, you're just keep, keep choosing to trust Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's an active trust, right? It's an active, yes. it's, it's active obedience. We're not going to grow in that trust if we're not doing anything to participate in it. Um, yeah. And it's not a one-time decision. Yes. Yep. It is a moment by moment mm-hmm. decision. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm assuming going back to how you, those card those cards yeah. that you wrote up, I'm assuming those were the beginning stages of the grace cards that you mm-hmm. made for Lilia Grace. Yes. I love yep. that. So how did, so back then you wrote these these cards and they just were your very personal, very intimate healing process. So how did Lilia Grace, your actual ministry become more than just an idea? Yeah. In 2017, um, I, in the fall, um, I had a handful of women, just a handful of close friends, all, um, experiencing loss right around the same time. And, um, I was spending a lot of hours making these grace cards for them individually. Um, oh. And, um, you know, we would meet um, one-on-one and just talk through kind of where they were going, like what they were going through. And um, I was just walking alongside of them and um, I gifted <clears throat> each, each of them. I, there were probably 10 women, which is actually a lot to think about. Um, in, in the span of just a few months, that's a lot of women. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, and so I, um, was, was having a play date one day with a friend of mine who was a graphic designer, had her own business. She was a brand strategist. Um, and I showed her these cards and I had just, I had asked her like, do you think that there would be a way to make these without me having to hand make them? Um, like make them kind of worth um, selling or, uh, and, and she was like, yes. And um, so we talked a little bit about that. Um, I kind of, you know, that it was at that point that I shared more of my story with her. She hadn't really heard much about it before. Um, and just a few weeks later, um, it was then that my dear friend now, um, Valerie, who Um, She had been a wedding photographer and kind of pivoted in her career and um, started her business coaching. um, um, And she was like just launching it and she was offering some free free 30-minute calls. Um, And so 
I had just had this conversation with a friend and she was just launching this um, new um, area of her business. And I hopped on one of those 30 minute calls, which turned into a conversation of over an hour, um, just like me pouring out my heart for, for women who have miscarried and um, who are walking that really hard road. And um, just this idea that like, I have these, I have these cards and I kind of showed them, you know, through Skype and I would just love to be able to create them. So I don't like make them somehow. So I don't have to hand make them. And um, I had a Bible study idea and she was just like, we could do something with this. Like, this is such a needed area of ministry and business that is absent. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's where it started. Um, I talked to my husband and after much prayer and, um, just like looking at finances, we decided to hire, like to bring her in. And so I worked with her, um, for, for much of 2017. And then I launched Lilia Grace in the fall of 2017. And like every, every piece of, of branding is so significant to me personally. And it speaks into my story and it speaks into the story of Lilia Grace. And, um, then like to see the grace cards come to life in my hands, um, after, you know, meeting with a, working with a printer for a few months and, um, just like the coffee mug and, um, it, it says even now on it and the, just the truth that that holds and the significance mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah. the, the art prints and the journal. And, um, so just all of these different pieces and finally coming together, um, it was so surreal. It still is quite honestly, even just over a year later, um, it's still surreal that I ship out, you know, a set of grace cards and, um, I get to interact with women in the online world, um, on a daily basis and I get to encourage them and, even in a really small way, um, I get to speak life into, into their story and into, mm -hmm. into the hard things that they're walking through as much as I would love to be able to do that in person. Um, it's such a gift, uh, to be able to do that in, in an online, uh, saturated world. Yeah. Well, you have so many, you have blog posts. I've read your blogs about thoughtful gift mm -hmm. ideas for the hurting mom. I love those. Um, the holiday triggers, your self-care blogs. Mm -hmm. I feel like you really cover this topic well. I mean, obviously because you've walked it so deeply, but which posts um, have you seen to be the most encouraging to moms that come across your blog or to women? Mm -hmm. I, th this was a kind of a hard question for me to answer because I don't write blogs super frequently. Um, but they're also good. <laughs> your, your history of blogs oh, is thank good. Thank you. Um, I would say that um, the gift ideas for hurting moms have probably been the most popular. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's because um, there just isn't a lot out there. And you really have to search yeah. for beautiful, meaningful um, items. Um, not well, and you don't want to be, if, if you haven't walked it, yeah. you don't want to offend yes. them. So you, You're trying to mm -hmm. encourage them or to love on them. And so it's so hard to make that decision. Yes. So I love what you did. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot out there and, um, I, I like beautiful, I like simple and I like meaningful. <laughs> um, yeah. and so I like to be able to find businesses that, that display those things that are specific or it can be specific to loss. So, well, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on and sharing your story. Yes, thank you for having me. It was a joy to be able to talk with you. 
So I have three takeaways from my conversation with Ashley. Number one, I loved how she talked about how she had to visualize moving her mind and shifting her mind from, I can either go down this path or I can go down this path. I can think these thoughts or I can think these thoughts. That was so good. And then the second thing was asking ourselves the question, who is better and what is better? That's so good. We could just sit in that for a whole day. Who is better and what is better? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus is better than all of all of what we ask for, all of what we hope for, all of what we dream of. Jesus is better. I've asked the question before, if you could have what you're hoping for, but Jesus wouldn't be a part of it, do you think you'd be satisfied? And if the answer is yes, then we have a very small view of Jesus and a very small view of God. But if you could have God and not and not have what you're asking for, would you be satisfied? And the answer is hopefully you can come to the place where you can say yes, because Jesus is more than enough. And then the third thing, and I want to actually ask you guys to do this. I want you to find three scriptures that really speak to you in this season of your life. Write them on cards and keep them with you all day long. When you think those negative thoughts and when your mind's going down that path, I want you to bring your cards out and think about that. Or if you want to just order the Grace cards from Lilia Grace, do that. She was so sweet to offer us a discount code. Head over to the Join Infertility Instagram and get that code so you can get yourself some Grace cards. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Join Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.